Hi, everybody, and welcome to Organizing Life's Daily Demands. I'm Peter Gordon. I'm the president of New York Financial Organizers. We help people pay their bills, deal with insurance claims, and all the non-investment side of finance. And uh, the point of this podcast is to introduce people to um, services besides ours that help people organize life's daily demands. And today I have a wonderful guest, Debbie Dralick. Hi, Debbie. How are you? So good to see you. How are you? I'm well. And uh, Debbie is a aging life care manager. I know Debbie um, through uh, a client, actually, that I had that worked with Debbie before I knew it. And I was so impressed with how she helped this client. Um, and I didn't meet her till maybe yeah. a year or so after. Yeah. But uh, it, it, we'll get into that, obviously. And uh, so, Debbie, tell us, what's the name of your company, Debbie? So the name of my company is kind of long, but it kind of captures what we do. It's called New York Elder Care Consultants. And our hope was to literally be able to consult on all things elder care. So we help with many things at different people's lives. Our average client is probably in their 90s, although we have someone as old as 105, and some people as old as their late 60s. And that's the general population we work with. Right. And it's a very important, it's a very important field. And it's actually how I got into doing what I'm doing, which is the financial side of things. It's not the, it's the elder financial care side of things, really. And the reason I say that is because um, about 15 years ago, my father became ill and we really did not know what to do. We being my mom, my, my sister, my brother, who were all very tight. And for months we're struggling. And then somebody introduced us to what was then called a, care, a geriatric care manager. Now, and we'll talk about this, is called an aging life care manager. And she changed our lives. She gave us the direction. She helped us navigate the really difficult waters of, of uh, elder care. So um, how did you get involved in this business, Deb? So I have, believe it or not, worked in this field of helping older adults for the past 38 years. And I kind of came to it as a lifelong passion. When I was a kid, we had an elderly aunt and uncle that lived in a nearby nursing home who had no children of their own. And my dad used to bring us to visit with them. And I seemed to be a magnet for older people. They loved talking with me and I loved talking with them and hearing their wisdom. And so as time went on, I would do a lot of volunteer work in a nursing home nearby and got involved with very part-time work that was related to helping older adults. And um, before I knew it, I kind of raced through college and I knew again, I wanted to work with older people, kind of flipped a coin of whether I wanted to go into law or social work. And uh, the goal was to help older adults. Right. And the field of elder law was not really there just yet. 
and it kind of landed in social work school where I did field work working with older people and then just naturally wound up working for first uh, a nonprofit that was helping people literally who were being broken into in some changing neighborhoods, older adults, and uh, progressed from there to a beautiful community-based organization where we ran all kinds of great quality of life programs. And uh, from there, transitioned to work for a large geriatric institution. Um, it was very convenient at the time. My twin sons were starting nursery school down the block and it kind of made sense. And uh, I stayed there for 15 years doing all types of things from administering senior housing, adult daycare, and uh, doing a lot of this consultation of helping advise families on how to take care of their aging relatives, neighbors, and friends. And uh, in 2008, I transitioned into doing this full time, giving myself a year to see if it would actually work. And here we are. Yeah, I guess it worked. 23, I guess it worked. And I, for the most part, what we do is very um, gratifying, very stressful. Technically, we're on call yes. all the time. Um, but it's really helpful to kind of be the glue that helps people get what they need so that they can help their older relatives, friends, neighbors, age, uh, or, or even sometimes, by the way, the people that we deal with, there sometimes is no family and it may Absolutely. be a fiduciary. It may be someone just like Peter, who is, um, like me hired, sort of like a hired relative, you know, to help them get through to the end of their days. And, um, it's, it's sad when people have no one. So I consider it a real blessing to be able to do this work every day. You know, and also where we are demographically with the, the aging of our country is, um, there's more and more people who are going to need this help. And, uh, it's, uh, this, you know, it, there's, there's just an incredible, uh, demand for it. Oh, and, um, so, what kind of things do aging life care managers do? Okay. So I kind of see us and the work that I do, I guess that I love the most is when we're sort of part of a team. And um, so usually at the start of getting engaged with a client, a typical call that we'll get will be typically from a family member hey, my mom lives in Manhattan, I live in Chicago, LA, Idaho, Oregon, anywhere, New Jersey. And um, I hadn't seen mom in a while and I was just in for Christmas, New Year's, Passover, Easter, and I was shocked to see the difference. And I started looking around and I see that mom hasn't really been paying her bills in a timely manner. She really hasn't been eating well. I noticed some weight loss and I don't know what to do. That's a typical phone call. Yeah. What do I do? So we generally come in and do an assessment. And when we do these assessments, we're looking for multiple things. We're looking for what does the person need both physically to help them get through the day. Like, do they need someone to help them prepare lunch? 
and maybe safely take a shower? Or do they need someone to help them get in and out of bed? And um, we could come up with this really brilliant plan. And sometimes I am so pleased with myself and my staff that we come up with these great plans. But there's a very important component, which no matter what great a plan we come up with, will not work without. And that's, can this person pay for the care? Yeah. And unfortunately, the cost of elder care is super expensive. And many people, even who have planned for their later years in life, have not managed to save a nest egg enough to be able to pay for care. So what we then have to do is say, well, we recommend X, Y, and Z, but tell me your finances. And sometimes kids, as you probably see all the time, are completely clueless. And I'm talking about intelligent people. You know, it's not that uh, the kids or whomever, sometimes even this, the older adults themselves, have no clue of what they have. I had a conversation I'm thinking about even with the family member of my own who honestly and truly had inherited stock from a family member like 40 years before, had no idea what the value was. And this woman said to me, I, I have something, maybe, maybe, maybe I have like $50,000. Well, what they had was about a quarter, actually more, about a half a million dollars worth of assets. And we were able to then connect with their financial advisor. And we brought a trusted elder law attorney into the fold. And then since the person was kind of clueless, you know, we got a daily money manager involved as well to kind of coordinate everything so that this person was able to get the care they need, not just now, because again, remember I mentioned that I have a client as old as 105 and some are as young as their late 60s. As you know, certain illnesses like Parkinson's, for example, really affect people in their 60s and 70s. But it doesn't mean that they're going to only need services for two or three years. In many cases, like my 105-year-old lady, I met her when she was 93. Yeah. So she's not necessarily the average person, but we do come across a lot of people like that, novagenarians yeah. and centenarians. So we really need to help them figure out what they need today, help them put services in place, tweak it, because things don't, you know, you think about your own life, things don't stay the same. We frequently need to, as I tell families, you know, reconvene when there's a new speed bump. Typical call might be, hey, Debbie, remember when we met last spring, mom took a fall, broke her hip, and, you know, you may remember she lives on the second floor of a walk-up on the Upper East Side. Ooh, how's that going to work? So it's a constant dynamic process, even if we don't remain involved on a daily basis. You know, I, I love what you said about, um, you know, working in teams, because I, you know, I'm part of that team, and the team is constantly changing. Every client is different, because some clients have financial advisors, some clients have attorneys, others don't. Um, and I like to say, um, I'm a spoke in the wheel. Yes. You know, and then, and there are all these different spokes that support the wheel, which is the client. 
And, um, and so I am a big proponent of working with, uh, with uh, aging life care managers. And what we say is uh, care managers do the pills, daily money managers do the bills, you know, and, and, um, and as you mentioned, you know, because of uh, the needs of the elderly, as well as, you know, the aging population, I mean, this is happening more and more. We recently talked about a client that I have that, um, has long-term care insurance, but it's going to be running out of that money. Do you want to address that a little bit? Talk about that kind of situation. I am am actually working with someone right now in the same exact situation. This is a fellow who planned very wisely. He purchased a policy. I don't know if he anticipated he's now 93 and very frail, mostly wheelchair bound. So he bought a policy, which, cost a lot of money at the time for him. It was probably like $5,000 a year that he paid for for many years, probably about 25 years. And it was a three-year benefit. I guess actuaries somewhere, I'm not a number person, that's why I need people like you. Um, I guess an actuary somewhere figured out that the average lifespan of someone is, you know, or the average time that they'll need services maybe is about two years or something like that, maybe three years. They're in business insurance companies to make money. And um, well, this fellow is now about six months away from the end of his three-year policy. And in addition to that, the policy, which was a decent policy, pays $200 a day. $200 a day is about at the moment a little less probably covers about 60 percent of the cost of his needs so he was supplementing the policy with his savings and now as i said he has about six months left of the policy he had been supplementing paying for care now for two years so his savings are being decimated and we had to connect him with an elder law attorney, and thankfully Medicaid has picked up. The only problem, really? yeah, so Medicaid is stepping up to the plate, but Medicaid offered this fellow who can basically walk a maximum with someone holding him from behind about 15 to 20 steps. They offered him six hours a day of care. Right. So now, and the family were like, how could that be? And they said, I told you from the beginning, we cannot control what we can't control and this may happen. So unfortunately they are going to have to, again, continue to supplement to pay for what he needs now while we're trying to kind of re-strategize and find there's a different type of program within the Medicaid system and hopefully we'll be able to get him what he needs, but that's going to take about another four months. So it's always like thinking and re-strategizing and connecting with the folks who are paying their bills to see on a daily basis what's left, what's not left, what do the families have to help with if there are families who are able to. Yeah, I know with the situation with my client, um, she's going to run out of money and she doesn't have any additional savings. And we're going to have to try to find her a place to live that she can afford and and get care it's it's tricky it's very tricky and there are shortages of that i I traditionally 
the next step when one really can't get the care they need at home is either assisted living or nursing homes. And there are not an abundance of affordable assisting, assisted living options, and there are not an abundance of nursing home beds. So it's a yeah, very it's, situation for so many people. And it's only going to get worse. It's not a very uplifting conversation. It's, uh, it's difficult. It's really difficult. Um, but who, who do you think should hire an aging life care manager? I think anybody who is facing these challenges, whether it's by themselves or with their family members, whether they're local or far away, as I kind of once was told by a client, not that long ago, actually, um, he said to me, you know, you're like my emotional support friend. And I said, an emotional support friend, kind of like a, like a fun, sweet puppy. He was like, no, better than that. You know, he said, on one hand, you, you kind of, this fellow said to me, he said, you kind of keep me out of the insane asylum myself, because this is so stressful to deal with these issues that are facing my my mother and to deal with my family members and the impact it has on me personally, professionally. And um, at the same time, he's like, I just don't know how I could get through this on my own. Mm -hmm. So I think anyone that needs the support to get through this or that has no idea. And sometimes I'll tell people, let go of logic when you're dealing with some of this. I promise you, I will not misguide you. I know some of this sounds completely ridiculous. Some of the stuff that we're going to face because of the, what I refer to as the stupid broken system, which is our medical care system and care system for older adults in particular, but we're going to get through it together. Another client I once told when he said a very brilliant man, he was a college professor, the son, at Columbia University, he's a really smart, smart guy. And he was like, but Debbie, it makes no sense what you're telling me. And I, I said to him, you know what? Let go of logic. I promise you, I'm gonna be right next to you. Let's make believe like there's this mountain here and a mountain here, and I'm gonna hold your hand and we're gonna jump over to the other side together and we're gonna get there. It's gonna be scary, but we will get there. And I worked with that fellow and his mom for probably about five years until she passed away in her late 90s. And he was just, you know, forever very grateful to have that support and wisdom to get through the broken, stupid system. Yeah, and I could tell our listeners out there that Debbie is very true to her word. I mean, she is an incredible guide, incredible support. Um, really a, a pleasure to work with and, and reliable and all those things you need from a professional and doing the work that she does. And um, I know she's a wonderful colleague and I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to work with you yeah, to, to reach out to her. Well, Deb, that was really wonderful. Thank you so much. I know you gave a really great uh, synopsis of, of what you do and, and the importance of uh, having an aging life care manager and, and, um, you know, uh, anybody who has 
any need for those types of services or any questions, please reach out to Debbie. Her information will be um, in the uh, the podcast as well as the video box. And uh, and with that, I'd like to uh, thank you again, Debbie. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And um, everybody, I'll see you and you'll hear me <laughs> at the next podcast. Looking forward.